You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. A righteous lifestyle. So let's look at a couple of definitions and y'all help me read along. And then we're going to have some discussion at the end. To be righteous has two primary definitions tonight. Number one, to be righteous means to be what? There you go. To be righteous means to be what? All right. A just young woman or young man is someone, number one, who lives by, by faith. It's someone who lives by faith. Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the what? The word. the word of God. So that means if you have repented of your sin, made Jesus Lord and Savior, it's your duty to make sure you live by the word. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. So that means when we come to God's house, It's our responsibility to make sure we hear the word and practice the word. Get an understanding of it, remember it, and put it into what? Action. It needs to become a part of your thinking, part of your talking, and part of your action. Y'all get Romans 1. Let's go to Romans 1 and let's back it up with a verse. Romans 1, 17. Now, if you don't have a Bible, sit beside somebody that got one or an app. I want y'all to follow along. Or show sure enough, read, read it loud when I got it up here. Y'all ready? Romans 1.17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from what? Oh, that sounds good. As it is written, here it is, the just, just shall live by How many just people we got in here by a show of hands? So it's your responsibility, not your parents, not your siblings. If you're just, you're supposed to live by faith. faith. And faith is the the word, the written word and the revealed word. That's what you have to live by. That's what I have to live by. Number two, to be righteous means to be holy. Means to be holy. Holy. It's simply when we think, talk, and act based upon the word. We act like God. Now, can we be God? No, No, but we can can carry ourselves in a godly manner. That's being holy. Well, why you don't curse? Because that's not holy. Well, why you don't watch that? Because that's not holy. Well, why you don't go there? Because that's not, there you go. How many understand what it means? to be holy based upon that definition. Okay, let's look at 1 Peter 1 and 15. Peter writes, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in, help me, all your conduct. So you have to look at your life if you're righteous Am I holy in my conduct? 
all my conduct, all my behavior. When I'm online, am I holy? When I'm in the hallways at school, am I being holy? Now that don't mean you got to be covered up from, from here all the way down. No, we just need to think like God, talk like God, and what? Act like God. When it's somebody you're around that you like or you're attracted to, look, you're human. You're going to have feelings, but you got to keep it what? You got to keep it whole. got to keep it whole. You got to keep it whole. The Bible even talks about how holiness is the path or the highway to heaven. That's how we're going to get in. We got to live right. You can't get in based upon what your parents do. You can't get in based upon the preacher. You got to have your own ticket. You got to get in on your own. So I got to be just and I got to be, help me, holy. That's a righteous person. Are y'all still with me? All right. Let's go to First uh, John 3 and 10. Why y'all turning to First John 3 and 10? Who ever been to the movies before? You know, uh, we used to sneak in. But you know, you can't sneak in. When you get to that door, it's going to be somebody to say, show me your what? Ticket. I need to see that ticket. The same premise, it's a gate in heaven. And it's a Lamb's Book of Life. And your name got to be in that book. In, that book. in order to get in that gate. And here on earth is where we live so we can get in, <laughs> get in that gate. <laughs> Lord have mercy. How many trying to get past the gate? <laughs> yeah. The Bible says Jesus is the door. <laughs> you can't go around him. You got to go through him. So I got to be just. Y'all with me? All right. First John 3 and 10. Now listen to this. Listen to this. First John 3 and 10. Apostle John said in first John, in this, the children of God and help me, the children of the are made what? Whoever does not practice or live righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. In this verse. What I want you to see is there should be a difference in your lifestyle as a righteous person versus someone who is not righteous. There should be an obvious difference because he uses the word manifest. When your peers and when you look at your own life, there should be a difference between you as a child of God and somebody that's a child of the devil. It's going to be manna manifest. In the day and time we live in, for some people it's hard to tell. Because people would tell you that they are a child of God. But their lifestyle is like the child of the devil. Now get this. I used to be a child of the devil. Yes, I did. I did. I was a heathen. I got somebody over here said they was too. And whether you admit it or not, you can only be 
one or the other. You can only be one or the other. And it's important for you to know which one you are, but also be able to identify who somebody else is. You need to be able to say, hold up, this may be my friend, or this may be my classmate, or this may be my cousin, but they're a child of the devil. Good God, that's rough, ain't it? But again, it can only be one or the other. Either you with Christ, the Bible says, or you are against him. Bottom line. Again, I used to be a child of the devil. Anybody used to be a child of the devil? Be honest. You got a couple of us. Yeah. I'm not proud of it, but I tell you, I used to be. I'm a child of God now. I said, I'm a child of God now. I believe in praising God. I believe in giving him the glory. I believe in living by faith. I'm proud to be saved. What about you? We live in a day now where young people, celebrities, they are proud to be children of the, the devil. And they will tell you that. Do we have anybody here that's glad to be a child of God? You glad to be righteous. That's it. Okay. Something I want you to remember. I'm going to give you some traits of a righteous lifestyle. But we need to always remember this. There needs to be a difference. Psalm 37, 16. Look at this. A little that a righteous man has is... What's that next word? A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. So it not only needs to be a difference between the righteous and the wicked lifestyle. You got to understand and have the mindset that even though you may not have as much material possession as some wicked folk, you still are better. I said, you may not have as much as a sinner has, but because you're righteous, the Bible says that we are better off. We're better off because if the rich man died in his sin and the righteous man died in his sin, who's going to be better off? The righteous. I do not want to die rich and in sin and lift up my eyes in hell. No, I, I'd rather die rich and righteous <laughs> and be in the bosom of Abraham, as the scriptures say. But how many would agree that there's pressure sometimes to feel like you are nothing if you don't have a lot of possessions when compared to the lifestyle of the wicked? Now, Jesus came that we might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. I may not get it as quickly as a wicked person. I may not get it at the level of a wicked person. But it's no comparison when you compare the life of a righteous person to the life of a wicked person. How many see that in the verse? You don't, you don't, you don't envy, the Bible says, 
the wicked. No, you don't wish you was them. You don't wish you had it like them. Because again, if they die in sin, the wages of sin is, is death. So you have to look at, you have to look at it and say, wow, they got something that I don't got, but guess what? I got something that they don't have. How many understand? And some of y'all didn't want to go with me, but it's just the truth. Yeah, it's just the truth. There was a rich man in scripture who had so much stuff, he began to build barns. And he said, look, I'm going to build these barns and store up my goods. And, and I'm just going to eat, drink, be merry. I'm going to take, take it easy. God showed up and said, you fool, your soul is required of you this day. And then it talks about where's your stuff going to go? You know who it's going to go to? Somebody else. And the Bible teaches that the wealth of the unjust is laid up or stored up for who? The just. Right. All right. So let's look at some traits of the righteous. Don't you ever forget. Don't compare your life to no sinner. Don't you do it. And always remember, there should be a big difference in how you carry yourself based upon how a wicked person does. Can I get a loud amen? amen? All right. Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs 24. Let's look at some traits of a righteous lifestyle that the Lord dealt with me about that I just want to teach on and encourage because we got a room full of young people that are striving to live righteously. But sometimes uh, you got to understand you just going to go through affliction. Sometimes life is tough. Sometimes life is challenging. But that don't mean you stop living right. So these are some traits we need to manifest. Y'all ready? All right, let's look at Proverbs 24, 16. Let's read it like a choir. For a righteous man may fall seven times and what? Rise again. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. That's it, by trouble. You know why the wicked fall? Because they keep doing the same thing. Now, a righteous person is going to mess up from time to time. The key is don't stay down. When you mess up, whether you did it on purpose or by mistake, don't stay down. Now let's go ahead and deal with this. Do we sin on purpose sometimes? Yeah. Just don't practice it. Don't practice the sin. Okay? If you mess up, you need to see, man, I really messed up. I I, I did God wrong. I need to get myself together. That's godly sorrow. But if you do some mess and you be like, Lord, know my heart. No. You, you, you messing up. That's not godly. That's not godly sorrow. I said this before and I said often, you should feel bad when you sin. Even though sin is pleasurable. If you really say you got the Holy Spirit, you, you should be like, this, this ain't right. I don't need to keep doing this. Even if you did it seven times in one day, in five minutes. Even if you messed up that many times in one day, you should still have the mindset, I got to get right. I, I got to get right. The Bible teaches that we should repent quickly. We should turn. We should hurry up and get ourselves together. Don't let it linger. 
Just when you fall, get what? Get up. Again, look at look at what the wicked does. They keep doing it and they reap what they sow. They reap what they sow. And sometimes some young people in Christ, you know what happens? They don't heed warnings from their parents, from the preacher, and they keep doing it. Then they find themselves in calamity or trouble. But see, God will always try to help us. Look, he's full of grace and he'll send messages like this. We just got to take heed to it. We just got to really look at ourselves in the mirror and change in areas that we need to what? Change in. But you will mess up from time to time. Matter of fact, how many have messed up this month? This month. Whether it was something you thought, something you said, or something you did. Shoot, we can probably break it down. Who messed up this week? <laughs> we just Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. But listen, listen. You don't play with sin. Y'all hear me? Don't play with sin because Paul talked about how you can be overtaken by a fault or by sin. So when you see that sin is in your life, don't play with it. Don't play with it because it can overtake you. And before you know it, you'd be like, man, I done backslid because I'm practicing this particular sin. I'm like the dog that threw up and went back to his vomit and lapped it up. Now the same way we cringing at that, that's how Peter described when saints go back to sin. That's how he described it. So don't play with sin. You had a mindset that, look, I ain't waiting till Sunday to go to the altar. <laughs> no, if I got to repent in my car, if I got to repent and turn at the foot of my bed, I'm going to do it because sin is nothing. It's nothing to play with. How many would agree? Yeah. Yeah. So righteous folk, we, we do fall or sin or miss the mark. Just don't stay there. Don't stay there. All right. Let's go to James. It's going to get a little bit more touchy. That, that was just a soft tap right there. Y'all ready? Okay. James 5, 16. Again, for those who just came in, we're talking about righteous lifestyle or a righteous lifestyle. And we, see, we understand that a righteous person is just and holy. And we see that a righteous person lifestyle should be different from a sinner. And we should never compare ourselves to them. And the first trait is that a righteous person will fall. Right? James 5, 16. Let's read together. Confess your trespasses to one another. another. And pray for who? One that you may be healed. healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman does what? Avails much. Righteous folk have a prayer life, a consistent prayer life. Most of us in here raised our hand and said we're righteous. 
You got to pray consistently. You got to pray consistently. Now, this verse deals with a lot of things. Let's look at it. First, James talks about confessing your trespasses or your sins to one another. That don't just mean church folk. Now, he's talking to the church. But when you sin against somebody else, you need to get it right. If you sin against your parents, you need to get it right. You sin against your siblings, you need to get it right. Whoever it is, he said, look, confess, look, I was wrong. And you know how sometimes we wrong and you got some fault, they be like, look, if I did anything, no, you did, do. Don't be if I did. Go ahead and confess it. Get it out. I messed up. I shouldn't have did that. You told me I couldn't use it. I stole it. I used it anyway. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Get it right. God's so serious about sin. He said, look, you need to go get stuff right with folk before you even try to come lay a gift on the altar. That's how serious God is. He's like, look, you know your prayers can be hindered. Your blessings can be hindered when you don't get stuff right with folk. The Lord sent a word Sunday about how you can be angry but sin not. And he was talking about don't let the sun go down on your right. You got to get stuff right. But sometimes some young people, some young adults hold on to stuff instead of getting stuff right sign of maturity is when you can confess that you were wrong you were wrong but then he says pray for one another what do you mean you don't pray let alone for your family you should be praying for your parents every day you should be praying for your sister or your brother every day. You live with them. Lord, my sister get on my nerves sometimes, but help her. <laughs> Strengthen her, Lord. My, my little siblings, they, they get on my nerves, Lord, but, but, but use them for your glory. <laughs> Pray for one another. Look, I am not too high that I am not need or in need of your prayer. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the elders. Pray for the ministers. Pray for one another. Pray for that teacher you don't like. Pray for your enemies. And you ain't got to put on no ashes and get on the floor and stretch out. Sometimes it's just a quick, Lord, help them. <laughs> Save them. Lord, my friend going through. Pray, pray, pray for one another. You should be mature enough to have a prayer list. I say you should be mature enough to have a, a prayer list. Different folk that you just, I'm going to keep that in prayer right there. Man, I heard she was looking for a job. Let me just keep her in my prayer. Man, mama looking for a new car. Let me just, I ain't got no money to put on it, but I can pray. <laughs> How many know prayer is powerful? Yeah, yeah. But then he tells us how to pray, young people. And I know that most of us, we do pray. Am I right? But this is what the Lord wanted me to deal with. Look at this. How to pray. Effectively and fervently. You know, 
sometimes you can be religious and be like, yeah, I pray. But do you pray the way you should pray? Are you praying to where the Holy Spirit can speak through you? Because he's going to pray for your weaknesses, the Bible says. Yeah. Young people, you got to pray how? Effectively and, and fervently. In other words, you got to put your heart into it. I believe in quick prayers, five-second prayers, but at some point, you need to have some quality time in prayer. Even if it's you starting out three minutes, let that be our own five, three minutes. Y'all hear me? Three minutes. I heard Bernie Mac say a heavyweight bout <laughs> round is three minutes long. You can get a lot done in three minutes. <laughs> It's got to be quality. You got to really put your heart into it. How many of you understand? Yeah. yeah, every day. That's your duty. As a righteous person, you said you're right. That's your, your duty. And your flesh going to try to stop you from praying. Situations going to stop you from praying. But you got to remember, I'm righteous. I dare not go to school before I pray. I dare not. I, I, I got to pray. If I got enough sense to go in there and eat some breakfast every day, I need to make sure I'm praying. How often? Every day. every day. If you got enough sense to check your phone every day, you should have enough sense to pray every day. Well, I thought we ain't supposed to have common sense. Did I say common sense? No, the Bible say good sense. The Bible say in the book of Nehemiah that the preacher stood up and gave the people good sense or godly sense. So if you can check your phone, how many brush your teeth every day? You what? What? You do that every day? You got enough sense to pray effectively. How often? Daniel prayed. Three times every day, every day, quality time, quality. It talks about how he got down. He had a specific place he went to. He had a specific posture and he had a specific time. And he did that since he was a child. You need to have a specific time at least every day, every day. My time is in the morning. My reading time is late at night. The same way you got a schedule for football, for your practice, you need to have a schedule for what? For your prayer time. Shame on you being righteous and you ain't got no schedule. Shame, shame, shame. Look at somebody say, shame, shame, shame. Yeah, you, you ought to be old enough to where mama ain't got to ask you or remind you to pray. You should be mature enough to know, man, this is my duty. I got to. I got to. Matter of fact, next time she asks you, you're like, you late, mama. I've been praying. Because <laughs> you that on it. Right? But I believe the Lord gave me this because he's saying, look, some of us, we got to step up. You got to tighten up. Because you got the flesh and you got spirits coming against you every day. And if you're not praying, you're going to faint. You're going to enter into temptation. Look at somebody say, you need to have a schedule. 
That's it. Every day. Every day. Proverbs 13. Trait number three. And we're going to read part of verse five. And we're getting ready to come to a close. A righteous man hates lying. A righteous man hates what? Look at somebody say, stop the cap. <laughs> That's it. Now we touched on it. The Lord touched on it Sunday. Real quickly, but he told me to go back and deal with it tonight. If you're righteous, you shouldn't be known for lying. You shouldn't be known for telling lies. Well, it was just a little white lie. It's still a lie. It don't matter what color it was. Don't lie. Why, Pastor? Why I don't need to lie? Y'all stay right here and just keep looking right ahead. And then when you take notes, you can write it down. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to who? He hates it. Lying lips. Deceitful. Well, I didn't lie. I didn't tell the whole story. No, yes, you lied. You lied because you left out key components to what happened that would prove that you were wrong. You left out the part where you were wrong. Lying from your lips. God hates it. He don't smile. He don't consider it funny. He don't consider it to be joking. That's something a righteous person shouldn't do. Shouldn't lie. And this type of line is when you know you lie. You know you lie. You know you know you lie. You know you lie. Look at somebody. Say, he know, and you know. And this is what's real vexing. When you get caught in a lie, but you still trying to fix it. Everybody in the family know you lying, but you trying to make it seem like, boy, you making yourself look bad. <laughs> Let's go and get this out the way. Whoever done that before? Yeah, that, there ain't nothing cute about that. Ain't nothing cute about that. Don't lie to your friends about who you are. Yeah. Be who God made you to be. Y'all can put your hands down. Don't lie. Don't lie just to fit in. Just to be accepted. Don't lie. Just tell them, I don't do that. Why you don't do that? Don't, don't, don't beat around it, but tell them. Because that's sin. It ain't right. I wasn't raised like that. Or just tell them, because I don't want to. But don't what? Don't lie. You got to remember, God hate that. I remember I was, I was real young, but I was, I was being a class clown at school. And so I was messing up some grades. And so back in the day, what, when we would get pop quizzes and stuff, if you got a bad grade, 
you'd have to take it home and get it signed. And so at the end of the week, I had a whole bunch of papers. Some were good and some were bad. So what I did was I took my bad papers and I threw them in the sewer. I did. I remember. To this day, I took them home, balled it up, threw it in the sewer, and gave all the good papers to mama. So I was lying. I was telling her basically that I was something that I wasn't. So I thought I got away with it until the teacher called my mama and asked her, where them papers at that you were supposed to sign? Oh, I was caught in that lie. I was caught in a lie. And back in those days, I don't know parents do it now or not, but we used to get whoopings. Y'all ever heard of a whooping? Oh, okay, man, I got my tail toe up. Cause I was what? I was lying, I was lying. Go out the same way. If you don't get lying right, you gonna reap <laughs> what you sow. Psalm 120, now check this out. This gonna help somebody in verse two. Now this is David, the man after God's own heart. Look at what he said. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from what? Lying lips. <laughs> and from a deceitful tongue. If it's that bad, you, you just need some deliverance. Lord, you got to help me because I'll be lying. And, and I need some deliverance. This is David. He actually confessed that at one point in his life, he was known for telling lies. And he said, Lord, you got to deliver me. I'm a mess. Help me. And somebody in here may have it bad like David did. All you got to do is say, Lord, deliver me. And he'll do it. But when you have the opportunity to lie, you got to choose not to what? Lie. Not to lie. Because he ain't going to come down and do it for you. You just got to be truthful. Right? These are three primary or basic traits a righteous person got to have. We don't need to be known for lying. Right? What was the first one? Who remember the first one? A righteous man going to fall. And who remember the second one? A righteous man going to pray. Let's give God a hand clap for the lesson. Let me start with